Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I have an almost eight-year-old daughter. Her name's Naomi. She's in second grade. And I started Positively Dad in March of 2019 just to be a resource to you, to, to help you, know, you grow as a parent partner in person. And we do two episodes every week. On Mondays, we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow and get better. And on Thursdays, we talk to a dad about being a dad. We call those Dad Talk episodes. And that's what you're listening to right now, one of our Dad Talk episodes. These are really great because I find these dads from all over the country who can help us get a little bit of perspective about how we can be great parents. Today, we're going to talk to a guy named Gary Brackett. Maybe you've heard of Gary. Gary played in the NFL for a long time. He played for the Colts which I would just have to tell you is my favorite team. In fact, won a Super Bowl with them and now is a very successful speaker and entrepreneur. Gary's story is really interesting and he's going to talk with us a little bit. He played at Rutgers before playing in the NFL and he was a walk-on there and then he was an undrafted player in the NFL. And he has three kids. He and his wife have three kids and he's really, you know, focused now on helping people have what he calls a championship mindset. And that's what we're going to talk about with Gary today, how to have a championship mindset when it comes to ourselves, comes to us as parents, and, and, how, and how we can teach that to our kids as well. And Gary has a track record of that, right? I mean, he, his mindset is what allowed his opportunities to show up, considering he walked on to a D1 college football team. He survived in the NFL for seven years after being undrafted and won a Super Bowl. So that's what we're going to talk about today is having a championship mindset with uh, former NFL player and Super Bowl champion Gary Brackett. So let's jump in. Gary, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. All right, great, man. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So you're our second Super Bowl champ to be on, and I'm excited to talk with you. And what you're doing now is some great stuff to really help people grow and get better. And what I appreciate about your story is, I mean, it hasn't been easy for you. You walked on in college and you were undrafted in the NFL. So your success has come with a lot of work on your part. Now, it truly has. And it's the old notion that, you know, hard work beats talent and talent doesn't work hard. So I'm a true testament of that. And, you know, even to this day, I, I truly believe in hard work. Yeah, no kidding. And that's kind of your mission now. Now, we're a podcast for dads. And so people should kind of know your story there. You and your wife have three kids, right? Yeah, we do. We have three beautiful children. Um, 10-year-old girl, Gabrielle, fifth grade. Um, my son, Gary Jr., is in second and my daughter Georgia is in uh, kindergarten so I get it three different personalities you know three different activities so it's been one of my biggest joys of my life having children and um, experiencing their growth what's been the most exciting thing how has it gotten you know what's it done for you the most the most interesting thing is that obviously you're a parent but they almost they become like your little best friend um you know your your broke little best friend um (laughs) but in terms of like the activities, like this weekend we went and saw Jumanji. Um, and uh, my daughter now is 10. She's in the choir. We're going on Thursday, just me and her daddy daughter date to go see Hamilton to play. Oh, nice. So I think, you know, experiencing that type of stuff, whereas you get older, you know, um, your friends, everyone's tied up and busy, but your kids, I mean, they're always free. So I've really been um, able to enjoy a lot of life's, you know, you know pleasures, if you will. Uh, with my children at that age now where they really get to do it. Yeah, and I imagine that, I mean, you really work with them on how to get focused and, and, and you know, really show up and work hard. Because like, like we said, your story is one of that. You walked on at Rutgers, and by, the, by your senior year, you become a captain. 
You're unsigned. Uh, you're undrafted, rather. The Colts signed you in 03. You had a great career there, including winning a Super Bowl. What are the lessons that you've learned throughout that time that you want our dads to know? Yeah, I think one of the lessons Coach Dungeon, what, what he was really great about, is this notion of never stay too high and never stay too low. And for me, the and it's such an impact on my life because you're going to have great days and you're going to have not so great days. And be able to put everything into perspective. And, you know, on my worst days, when I go home, my kids still love me. And I think I owe it to them not to bring some of that negativity into our house. So um, really being able to check my ego when I get into the door has been extremely helpful. And I, and I had to grow into that. Like, initially, some of the things that worked that affected me, I would come home and be, you know, not so nice to my wife and to my kids. And I, I really, you know, looked at it like, man, that's not fair to them. So really just now going home, you know, not taking that baggage, stress from work or jobs or other things, you know, that they can't control and just really coming home as a loving father has really been um, impactful. I'm curious about how you did that. Cause as I, I reflect back on your career with the Colts specifically, I mean, like I said, I'm from Indy. So I watched you, I mean, I watched those teams play and what, what was so fascinating to me, especially now that we have history to look back. I mean, that collection of players, you guys on that, that team, you were there, what? Oh, three to 11, right? Correct. Yeah. That is like one of the best groups of players to ever exist in the NFL. And you're going to have, you could have four or five Hall of Famers on that team. I mean, it's crazy. And yet, one Super Bowl, there had to be times that you got home at the end of the season and just were, I don't, I, I mean, the emotions had to be pretty raw at times. No, they were. They were. But I think being able to compartmentalize where things went, even when I got injured. Right, my last game of my career and then mm-hmm. in an interception that I got tackled and I put my arm down to brace my fall and my shoulder came out. And the reason why I was able to overcome it because of this notion that I have in my heart of gratitude and mm-hmm. being extremely grateful for the good and the bad. And most times it's easy to be grateful for the good, right? That's simple. Life is good. I could be grateful. This is fantastic. But being grateful for the bad because I can really appreciate the good better because I understand, you know, the other side. And yeah. I think for me, you know, even like say uh, my, my uh, season ending, career ending injury, I could have been like, yo, this is bad. I'm mad at the world. Or I could like, yo, I've been blessed. I had a nine year NFL yeah. career and played a kid's game and got paid a king's ransom, mm-hmm. man, I had a run. And won so a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. So I think right. that's where my mind goes in a lot of situations where at the end of the day, and I tell people this all the time, whether I'm speaking or whether I'm coaching, is that you survive 100% of your bad days. And and sometimes people lose sight of that. Like, you survive 100% of your bad days. No matter how bad it was, like, you're still here. So you're survived, so you're powerful. And you have a purpose with your life. And that purpose, when you when you have gratitude and you're grateful for things, man, it just really, uh, really seeks, like that happiness and that fulfillment that we are searching. It's easy for us to really obtain that when we have that gratitude because then we're truly grateful what's in our lives and we're not always chasing for the next best thing. Be grateful for all the experiences. And then I think recognize that, we succeed in spite of our adversity, not without it, right? 
Now, I, I think one of the, the biggest things that I harp on is unlearning some things that we have learned as a child. And one of those biggest things that we have to unlearn is just feel a failure. And that failure is bad, and it's the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you to fail, right? If you take this class that you never took Spanish before and you fail, that's awful. It's going to look bad in your report card. Don't do it. But, but as a successful entrepreneur, as, as a successful father, I understand that failure is not the opposite of success. It's a part of success. So learning and growing and getting out of my comfort zone, that's how I continue to expand my knowledge. And, you know, if, if I was to go with the old notion uh, when I was a kid and never tried anything new or different because of the bill of failure, I, I would know I wouldn't be able to grow. Mm-hmm. Someone told me one time that we aren't failing. We're just really learning how to succeed. Man, I love that. Yeah. So here's the question I think about then for you is, I mean, you've made massive success even after the football career. And yet I want to ask you some questions about that, still about football, because that's where most people know you. And that is, how do you go from walking on at Rutgers to becoming a captain and then being undrafted and having a career that's like more than twice the length of of an average NFL career? How do you just like, what makes that happen for you? You, you, you know, it's it's something in this, a mental shift. And I got a call one day. My father told me that they could no longer afford tuition. They refinanced the house twice. There's no more equity left. So I had to come home and enroll in community college. So dejected, I go to the coach. He puts me in touch with the head coach. So I have a meeting with the head coach. And um, initially, you know, he says, hey, Gary, look, I want to keep on recruiting players that are bigger and better than Gary Brackett. And I'm like, yo, dude, like I'm leaving. Like, don't need to kick me when I'm down. Uh, but he was like, hey, but you worked extremely hard, and for that, I'm going to give you a scholarship. Wow. So I'm ecstatic. I got a scholarship. I get to stay. So this next moment changed my life, and this is an interesting question. So I go in the weight room. There's 100 guys at the weights, the full team, and I'm excited. I'm celebrating with my guys. I'm like, you know, I get to stay. This is awesome. I got a scholarship, right? So just happy about a scholarship, getting education. And I go, and this this uh, guy was in there, Wesley Robinson, who was 6'3", 250 pounds. The 6% body fat just ripped up. And uh, he comes to me and says, like, hey, what's the commotion? Like, what are y'all doing? Y'all got to be working out. I was like, hey, uh, Wesley, I got a scholarship, man. I get to stay. He was like, scholarship? You should worry about starting. And it wasn't until that point that I ever thought about starting. I mean, I thought about when I first got there, but after being dejected and after failing, I'm like, me to start? Like, that's never going to happen. Just if I get a scholarship, man, that's awesome. But that night I would go home and I changed my mind. And I said, man, what would it take for me to be the starter? And I started writing down these things that it would take, right? It, it was it would start me getting up in the morning early and getting stuff done. It would start me working out and giving them all, all everything everything that I do, I do it my best. It would start me eating better. It would start me exercising to my so all this this long list of stuff that I started to implement that next day. And those habits, man, that those championship habits is what made me become a starter, an MVP in college, or maybe become a captain, because most people most people are willing to do what it takes. And if you're willing to do what it takes, back to my earlier statement about hard work, and over a long period of time, and then, and, and then you're, 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 you're starting to benefit from, from success. And I think that's what really my career was all about, was just over a long period of time, I was very disciplined. Mm. And if you do that, right, if you do that day in, day out, and not attach it to a result, what do I mean? Most people say, you know what, I'm going to work out extremely hard, and I want to, and I want to be this weight, lift this much weight. But then, if that doesn't occur, 
what do they do? They typically quit. Right. So they get for me, it was just like, they get disappointed. So right. uh, case of point, it's, it's almost first year. People are going to set all these resolutions. And then what happens the first time? I'm, I'm never going to jerk again. And right. then, you know, January 7th, they have a drink uh-huh. up. Well, I failed. So yeah. here I go drinking again. Yeah. Where, like, like, no, you can, you can have some temporary setback. And then you can still focus on, you know, why you, you, you decided to do whatever you did. So when I changed my mindset, man, it, it, it changed my life. Clearly it did. It's a similar story to what Lionel Dalton told me. He played for the uh, Ravens, won a Super Bowl with them. And and he was telling me, you know, he'd go in the locker room and look around and he knew he was not the most talented person on the team athletically. So he had to work harder than everybody else. And he found that there were people who were more talented that just wouldn't put in the work and therefore their careers were shorter or they never accomplished what they were capable of accomplishing. Did you see similar stuff in your locker rooms? Yeah, absolutely. There was far more talented guy, just bigger, faster, stronger, but they were undisciplined. They were undisciplined. They didn't study the playbook. And this whole notion, what, what I excelled at is playing the game from the neck up. And, you know, the X's and O's and being a student of the game, it, it, there's a reason why quarterbacks play long careers. It's because they're typically the smartest people on the field because they study and they prepare the longest. Well, that's what I did. I watch hours upon hours of film every week. I watch mm-hmm. practice. And when I went out in the game, I was extremely prepared to the point where I expected success because I worked so hard for it. Yeah. And I think so many players on the field, they have the imposter syndrome because they're like, wow, why am I out here? I don't know what's going on. I haven't mm-hmm. watched film all week. And it's tough for you to succeed on a consistent basis when, when you're just out there just, you know, just basing off just sheer talent. Wasn't that kind of a, just the culture of that Colts team that you were on, that, that, that you guys were smart, you paid attention, I mean, you were in, you know, learning and growing together. I mean, wasn't that just kind of the culture of that team? I mean, you had the, I don't care what people say, you had the GOAT as your quarterback. So, I mean, did you, isn't that just part of the culture that we were going to be the smartest team out there? Yeah, and I think the smartest and the most prepared. And I think that that preparation, man, and and really, you know, uh, testament to Peyton. I mean, I was a captain with Peyton for six years, and um, it, it's just, it's just, uh, the saying is that the more you sweat in practice, the less you bleed more. And our practices were so intense and so competitive that when it was game time, games the games were easy. And you know, so many people think like, I, I, I can slack off of practice, and then on the game. When the lights are on, that's when we give my best game. No, we gave our best every single day at practice. So then by the time they came to the game, it was, it was automatic. It was routine. I remember hearing a quote the Super Bowl year. Somebody said that the mantra that year, and this may be wrong. You're welcome to correct me. I just heard, though, that the mantra was you get paid to practice and you play the game for fun. Is that kind of what it felt like? No, nah, that's, that's exactly what it felt like. I mean, that's what we live by. Um, you, you know, some of the most competitive practices was like Wednesday, ones versus one. And, you know, there would be trash talk and, you know, Marlon Jackson going against Reggie Wayne. And, you know, uh, I'm going against either, you know, Dominique Rhodes or Joe Adai and, and Robert Mathis going against Tyreek Glenn. So, guys, it was just this ultra competition, man. We wanted to compete, but our job was, you know, to, to try to beat you. And I think that that level of, of practice on a consistent basis, you know, like I said, just made us so effective and, and prepared come game time. That, you know, it's a reason why we're the most winning the team in any decade of football. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just thinking about it. Just practice is a as a Pro Bowl game. That's just crazy, you know, what you guys were doing in there. So then how does the dad take that and apply that to his world? The lessons that you learned, you know, on those teams and as you were working hard in practice every day, how does that apply to the real world dad? Yeah, I, I think it's about consistency. And I, I like this, this quote. I love this quote and how I live my life. The speed of the leader determines the rate of the pack. So the father is typically the leader of the house. And everyone, you know, reacts to the beat of his drum. And if you're consistent, if you're working out daily, if you're reading self-development, if you're doing great things, typically everyone in your family will follow along. Well, conversely, if you're eating bad, if you're not working out, if you have bad habits, then typically also your your, your children or your, your spouse is going to do the same thing. So I think it's that accountability piece and understanding that, you know, as a father, um, you get to determine a lot of times the success of your entire family just by your daily habits. And again, if you work extremely hard and that becomes uh, contagious, then your family is, is going to definitely reap the benefits of that. Yeah. I'll tell you, this is so just amazing to hear because you've, you clearly have invested in yourself to grow and become better as a person. And so now it's become your mission. And I, I mean, what is this right? Did you get your MBA after you retired from the NFL? Yes. Yes. And then you, I know you have a series of restaurants in Indy. My dad has mentioned he's eaten at some of them. I mean, so you've gone and created opportunity basically your whole life. Why is that important for you as far as what you're teaching your kids? For me, I think entrepreneurship is something that that I can leave for my kids, right? I can't, I can't leave them a job, but I can leave them a business. I could teach them, you know, some of the things that I'm learning in business and really just make them, you know, just as effective and knowledgeable as possible. And I think um, for me, like you said, in addition to my kids, like I, I really started like, like, like coaching and, and like I have a whole platform now where I'm building products on how do you build a championship framework in your life? And it's just amazing to me, like, how many people live life without any attention. If you ask someone, you know, what's their, you know, short-term, long-term goals, they don't have any. If you ask someone, you know, what KPIs they measure for their effectiveness, they don't have any. If you ask someone for a family mission statement of values, they don't have any. And and all this stuff I think is extremely important to, to get that vision and get that clarity because I believe that clarity is power. Yeah, it is. How can then a dad, you know, what would be the beginning spot to help a dad really get to a championship level performance? For me, I think it's like um, the first thing that I that I believe in is like assessing your current situation, right? A lot of times if you're going on the destination, if that destination has become a, a champion, at first you have to assess exactly where you are, right? If you if you're going to go to a destination. It's just gonna you're gonna say okay this is how you get there but where's the start so you have to take a real look in your in the mirror and see exactly who you are then then secondly you have to figure out who you want to be like who do you want to become if you have no limits like what what greatness can you have not based on your budget not based on your experience like you grew into this ideal person who 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 then would you be and then the next thing is like all right cool what 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 roadblocks are in your way. What, what, what are some, some of the things that we can do addition by subtraction? That we can subtract some of the things that can hold you back to where you want to get to. And the next thing is M 
is take all right now 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 is action. You gotta take massive action. What's the massive action steps you could take? And then P, that's the constant pursuit of a championship behavior. And and for me, that spells chant, right? C H A M P. And I think that's what I kind of the frameworks that I built inside of my course that I kind of teach on how someone gets those habits on a daily basis. And, and, and it's really about that constant pursuit of those habits. That's great. So what's the, before we wrap up, I want you to talk a little bit about what you're doing now, how people can connect with you. Before we do that though, what's your final advice to these dads that you want them to know? The constant thirst for knowledge. And I, I don't, I think in life, you know, either, you get better or worse if you grow or you die. So my advice would be find an area that you want to grow and, like, start really learning, seeking mentorships, going to conferences, looking at videos. And, and, and like, in this day and age, it's like the information age. Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing, like, the, the, the type of data that's out there. And, w- and one of those things involves investing in yourself. You know, I'm, I'm sure you probably go to conferences, you read books. I myself, I have coaches that I pay good money for. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff is because I want to be great. I'm on this constant pursuit of greatness. And in order to do that, you know, I, I'm willing to pay the price because I know I, I get it back tenfold. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you're doing a lot of stuff now. You you retired in, uh, after the 2011 season and you've done so many things and you're doing a lot of stuff that people could engage with you now. Tell people how they can find you and what sorts of things they can do with you now with as far as kind of having that championship level performance. First is my website, GaryBrecker.com. We have blog posts on there. Um, I also have a YouTube page uh, and I have a Facebook page as well, a group page, uh, the championship huddle where I share tips and give out PDFs on championship roadmaps and things like that. In addition to that, you know, if someone has a corporation wants to bring me in, I do speaking engagements and that, and those contact information is on my website as well. And then lastly, the um, something I've been passionate about over the last year, I've been developing this course called the uh, Champions Academy. And through this course, I share with you the seven pillars of your life, your fitness and your health, your self-development, um, your love relationships, your, your finances, uh, your spiritual health. And I just really undiscover, you know, tools, tips, that I've learned throughout my life and I package it all together so that someone else can know exactly what steps they need to take uh, to kind of live their best life and really live a life full of attention um, and clarity. Well, that's awesome. Well, Gary, I appreciate what you're doing now and I appreciate what that team did to win a Super Bowl for my hometown. And I appreciate you being on this podcast today. Thanks so much for sharing with these dads. Uh, Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Gary and a lot for us to learn. You know, mindset is the thing that determines how we show up. And as we're at the beginning of the year, you probably have some goals, some things you'd like to accomplish. And my question for you would be, do you actually believe those things are possible? And are you able to get through the negativity that shows up? And then think about that when you take care of you, what that then in turn does for your children and for your partner. So I thank Gary for being on, and I thank him, too, for winning a Super Bowl for my hometown Indianapolis Colts. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to Positively Dad, and I trust you got some value out of our time together today. If you did, would you share this episode with somebody who you think might be interested and might like to hear it? If you would, too, subscribe to wherever you listen so you don't have to remember to go in and download your episodes. We would appreciate that as well. And would you leave us a review and a rating? We love five stars. 
Finally, we're all over social media, and we would love to connect with you there. We're at Positively Dad on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then if you would like to be on a show sometime, just reach out and let me know. James at PositivelyDad.com. And I'm always looking for dads to talk to on these Dad Talk episodes. Again, thanks so much for listening to Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.